I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me. These opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything. Neither spiteful nor kind. Neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground. Welcome to Notes from Blunderground. My name is Tom and I'm with my wingman Steve. How you doing everybody? Hey, we are here and it is Friday and we are taking some time to uh, dive into Twitter. So if you're wondering about the introduction, uh, Twitter uh, is, what we, is what we call Blunderground, uh, the cultural milieu of the day. And we uh, oftentimes take a look at uh, Twitter and uh, I have my own Twitter feed, uh, which is at BlunderTom. So if you're looking uh, for Tom and Steve, uh, you can find Tom at, at BlunderTom and Steve at, at BlunderSteve. Yeah, and you can take a look and uh, take a look and see what we're up to. Oftentimes, we'll post and talk about things we don't mention on the podcast, and we'll do that right on Twitter. Yeah. But just in case you're not there and you you don't have the time to chat to see what's been going on and see what we post and talk about, then uh, we do that here every Friday. Uh, and today we're going to be taking a look at a few things I posted on my Twitter feed, and uh, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming up uh, next week. I'm excited to talk about. But uh, for today, we're taking a look at um, some of the stuff that's been going on. I uh, want to start off here, uh, Steve, with a statue that recently came up in uh, uh, Boston, a sculpture. Yeah, I saw this thing. Yeah, this is for uh, Martin <laughs> Luther King, uh, Martin Luther King Day, Civil Rights Day. Uh, and uh, this is a supposedly, uh, I guess this is supposed to be a hug. Yeah, I, I, I had to back up a little bit to see that. Like, I had to see a wider angle of it. <laughs> right. I was like, what am I looking at here? It looks like a person holding a kidney or something. Up yeah, close. right, kind of. I mean, you can take a look at my Twitter feed, and uh, you can see that I, I can't resist. I mean, so, like, I can't, uh, you know, it just looks like a looks like a massive dong or, like, I don't know. Like, uh, it's it just opens itself up to. Oh, well, I guess you see what you want. Ridicule. Yeah, you know, you see, if you just keep going down, you can kind of see where, you know, it's kind of where I'm at, you know. Like, one minute we're in the clouds with the eagles, and the next minute we're, you know, well, we're in sewer. So. In, in the mire. We're, yeah, we're in the mire. So we're down with the pigs. Uh, so uh, that's kind of, and I guess that's Twitter, really. I guess that's where a lot of people in Blunderground are at. Uh, yeah, if, you, uh, if you're if you curious about the quotes um, in the intro, you can go back and you can check out our series on Notes from Underground, Dostoevsky. Uh, Steve and I have gone through every chapter, and we have given extensive commentary on each chapter. Extensive. And extensive, and looking at the underground man, which is, uh, I believe, uh, really the mindset of a lot of people these days. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about that in a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah this, uh, this statue, you know, here, what gets me about this sculpture, all right, 
and it, it, and what really sticks in my mind. I mean, it's not the fact that it looks like a giant thong. All right. Okay. That's not what sticks in my that's mind. That's fine. And not it's question you. right. Okay. And <laughs> that's not and and that's not it. Yeah. And it's not the fact. Um, it's not that. And it's <laughs> and it's not that. It's not that it. <laughs> it looks. It's not that. It, it well again. It also it also looks like on something. It also yeah. Also too, if you take a look at the second picture, it looks like another unsavory act. But there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. But really, the thing that sticks in my mind, and I guess to get out of the gutter and get a bit more high minded here, is, mm. and this is something you and I have talked about before. Postmodern art, all right, mm. is postmodern art. We in the postmodern society, we everything becomes its opposite, right? And, and you don't have to go to Harvard to figure it out. If you're listening to us, you've already seen it everywhere. You know, men, uh, girls are, are more masculine than ever. Uh, boys are more feminine than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have everything that's up is down, right? Everything yeah. that's the truth is a lot. You know, people people have a, um, the truth is not the truth. It's actually someone's opinion. And then someone's opinion is not opinion. It's an identity, Right, so identities are opinions. True, uh, and and then we don't have truth is not uh, truth is not truth. It's opinion, and then uh, truth is also narrative. So everything is different, right? Everything. Girls are boys. Boys are girls. Truth is a lie, um, and everything is different. And so what we do is everything has. This was blatant for me when I saw this. I said, "Man, this is nothing less than an attempt." to have an entire generation of kids that are going to be bused in government schools, government school buses, and they're all going to be bused down here, and they're all going to be looked, they're going to be told, this is the height of human achievement. Oh, this is a field trip all day long? Right. Oh, yeah, and all day. And they're going to say, so we want you to look at the statue, and where we're going to do is we're going to go, and we're going to show you a good thing. This is representative of a good thing. This is uh, the height of of human virtue. Uh, This is uh, uh, the person that made this was courageous. And this is a something that you should learn about, and that you should you should, and uh, it's a great thing. And the kids are going to show up, and the kids who are not stupid, they're going to look up, and they're going to say, "Oh, that's a giant dong, right?" And so that's what the kids are going to say. And so the kids are going to learn from the teachers are going to say, are going to say, "This is a great thing." And so the kids learn that degeneracy is virtue. Right, and it's not explicit. You you would never it would never work if it's explicit. That's one of the things about postmodern art. Okay, that that's one of the things about postmodern art that is is so sly is because it's meant it's open to interpretation, much like much like identity is. Look at the art in Rome. That was nude people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Right. Well. Yeah. And I'd say that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, yeah, yeah the the body and, and, and some of the study I've done though re- relates that to sin. You know, because you look upon maybe even a statue and think about a woman with lust, and I, I'm just saying that's some of the study that I've done relates it right back to the Bible. And you were talking a little bit before about you know the the truth and what's the truth now? The truth is just opinion. Yeah. What does the Bible say about the end times? Men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of the truth. Yeah, yeah, and it's really—it's funny. I was doing some reading on that. I I think I—I haven't posted on Twitter, but I think I will uh, sometime soon. Hmm. Is uh, there's really because I was reading about that the other day, and it's—it's—it's even worse than we think. I mean, in in schools with the truth and with the opinion, because what they do, (laughs) yeah, what they do is kids are now taught. Okay, kids are now taught that truth 
is something that can be replicated, right? And and, and that's th- th- that is a big deal, right? I mean, that's because it's not true. Okay, something is true if it is if it is a feature of your reality. Okay, something if something is true, it's a feature of your reality. If it's true, all right, something is true. Like for example, okay, I can say to you, I can say to you, uh, I can say to you that. I can say to you that aliens yeah. might exist, might live on other planets, right? Okay. Now that is a th- that's a true statement, might. But I, I can't, yeah. But I can't prove it because because you I said can't replicate might. it. Yeah, I can't replicate it. Right. Yeah, and be- because so, you didn't claim it as fact. Yeah, like or for example, or for example, right? If I say if I say to you, everywhere in the world, people look up into people look up and see blue sky. Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere in the world, people look up and see blue sky. Now, is that true? Well, it absolutely is true. Okay? It is true because I believe it. Everybody I know believes it. Everybody I've ever met believes it. And I have zero, uh, I've never had any sort of pushback. I've never seen it at all. I don't have any sort of, uh, I don't have any sort of, of, uh, I've never had any pushback on that fact. So for me, it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but what I can do is to say that the truth has to be something that can be replicated. Okay. If that's, if that is the definition of, of something that's true, then I would have to go to every single country in the entire world. I'd have to go to every single spot. I have to travel the world and look up myself and verify it myself in order to say it was true. Otherwise, it's just my opinion. You know, someone could from India could say, well, when I look up at the sky, it's red. So the sky is red. And I'd say, well, that's probably true for you, but it's not true for me because I've never you're the only person I've ever met that said that. So it's not true for me. That's the way that kids are raised in public schools these days. And so, for example, when we say, for example, like um, we say um, uh, when we we talk about uh, we talk about uh, the truth, we'll say we'll say God is true. Well. If God is, that can be a true statement, all right? You can say, you say the Bible is true. Well, that can be a true statement because it's a feature of your reality, Yeah. right? And so because it's a feature of your reality, you can say, yeah, it's true. Now, you can be more specific in your wording, and you can ask yourself, like, you can ask yourself, like, do we have verifiable evidence that this happened or what have you? You can say, no, it's a statement of faith. But that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not it's the truth or not. Mm-hmm. You can have something to be true that can't be replicated. It's completely possible. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and uh, and in terms of uh, in terms of philosophy, you know, in terms of uh, a moral, and this is how people uh, judge morals. So uh, we say we say, for example, um, "Thou shalt not murder." Right? Do we have any place in America where it's legal to murder? I mean, other than Chicago. <laughs> right. I think it's just not investigated. But I <laughs> right, <probably. laughs> yeah, it's, oh, that's yeah, that's good. Right? No, it. It's illegal everywhere. Yeah, it's obviously. everywhere. That's so obvious, so right. we can say that we can say thou shalt not kill. Okay. So it's everywhere. Is that true? I can say as an American, yes, that's true. Is it true that you shouldn't kill anybody? Is it true that murder is a bad thing? Yes, it's true. Why is it true? Because it's an ever present fact in my reality. And it's an ever present fact in everybody's reality. Nobody can just go out and shoot anybody else. It's not a thing. However, if I go to another part of the Ten Commandments and I say, um, thou shalt not commit adultery, right? Yeah. Is that true? 
Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it is true. But you say, is it true? Well, is that an ever-present part of my reality? Well, if you look at your reality, sure. Uh, right. Yes. My reality. Yes, that's true. But when you think about America in as the world a, you as live a total, in, in the world <laughs> that I live in, right? Right. No, in the world I live in, a lot of people would say, "No, I think uh, you know people can you know do and do whatever they want, whenever they want, with whoever they want, oh, however yeah. they want." And so, if that's the case, okay, then now you're going to say, "Well, y- your your uh, people say, well, that's an opinion. That's your opinion, but I have my own opinion." Okay. So now, when you're talking about you're talking about uh, the truth versus you're talking about the truth versus things that can be uh, replicated. So I can say that murder, you can't murder. That's true. But then you can say you can't you can't commit adultery. Well, that's not necessarily true. That's more of a matter of opinion. True. And and it's it has to do with being an ever present part of your of your society. So therefore, philosophers are able to look at morality and say, well, as a matter of philosophy, which moral virtues are true for human beings across all places and all times? Now, philosophers do this. All right, but. If you go into a philosophy class, a normal philosophy class, like a freshman philosophy class, yeah. then the people, these are their future philosophers, they have no concept of, of this. They have no concept of a moral truth. So, for example, they, they can say, well, science is true. Right. Math is true. But when it comes to morals, they, they can't say that any moral fact is, is – is, they, can't, they can't establish any sort of moral fact. They'll say, is, uh, they'll say, well, what morals are true? And they'll say, uh, I don't know. Everyone has their own morals. So what, I have my morals. You have your morals. Everyone has their own opinion on what, on, on what something is true. They can't – young people can't conceive of a universal agreement over a broad area – where something is generally accepted as a feature of their reality. Yeah. Right? And so when something is like that, that's the truth. So you can go around and say, hey, you know, we have the truth, right? Like, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. All right? So uh, we've, that's because we've put objective truth in the hands of man's opinion instead of, instead of in the Bible. This is what I found. Uh, the definition of heresy was changed... 11 days ago, it was updated. Ah, yes. Probably. Mar- I think mean, there's probably a lot of definitions that were changed 11 days ago. Well, the, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and this, this speaks to the brainwashing that's happening to our kids. So by the very nature of Christianity, the definition of heresy demands uh, you, that you follow, you know, 2 Timothy 3.16, you know, all scriptures inspired by God, which mm. is so if you believe in God, then I would hope you believe God's infallible. Right. And if all scripture is inspired by him, then so is scripture. Well, here's their definition of heresy. And you know how they have A, B, all this stuff. Yeah. First one, adherence to a religious opinion I know. Contrary, right. to, contrary to church dogma. So anything that doesn't agree with the church's opinion. Second one, denial of a revealed truth by a baptized member of the Roman Catholic Church. Well, that's scary. C, an opinion or doctrine contrary to church dogma. I I still, I have yet to see Bible truth in here. Right. Two, dissent or deviation from a dominant theory or practice. And the last one, an opinion, doctrine, or practice contrary to the truth or to generally accepted beliefs or standards. Now, the thing that's scary about that one is generally accepted beliefs or standards. Mm-hmm. The entire thing is based on 
opinions mm-hmm. of higher up people. Yes. Suppose, who, whoever that is. Right. I mean, whoever that, that is, yeah. Speaks to the brainwashing that they're they're setting up for, you know. Yeah. It's right. happening right now. No, it is, yeah. And what it is is if people are you know, you can have, for example, if you're in if you're in Salt Lake City, people in Salt Lake City have their have, have you know, like the Mormons, right? Like yeah. if you're in Salt Lake City and the Mormons are there, then they have, you know, that's Mormon truth, right? That's truth there because it's it's a feature of their reality. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're gonna come in, so you're gonna you're gonna come in, and then if you have, so why would you be there? So if you're there for business, right? Yeah. You're you're not gonna walk into you're not gonna walk into the um the temple the temple and yeah. start telling people that what's true and what's not true because you, the reason you would do that is because it is true because you're in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I mean nothing wrong with doing that. <laughs> it's, you know, is is that not what Paul did on his journeys? Oh yeah, right. No, true enough. <laughs> that was his business. True enough. <laughs> It's yeah, but I no, this. you're you're right. Yeah, as as a society, people just aren't going to do that, right? Well, they're going to look no. at it. Yeah, no, it's true. So they look at it. the thing. I guess, I guess, taking a step back sure. uh, is the it all comes down to power dynamics, right? Is when everything is an opinion, it comes down to power dynamics. That's what's scary about things is yeah. because if you're going to teach young people that everything is opinion. Then eventually, these young people are going to grow up and are going to say, "Well, these people with those opinions have a lot of power, and these people with those opinions don't have as much power." And so that's going to influence the way that those people get treated. Yep. And so if you if you have the power first, then you can influence the way that these groups are going to get viewed over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And so whereas that's you know a lot of uh, and and that's where it does get scary because. Even with Christians, a lot of Christians are still kind of becoming acclimated to this concept that we're really in a negative world, you know, and that's where, like, I'm a big fan of Aaron Wren and his classifications, positive, neutral, and negative, and so we are now solidly in a negative world, and a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, how can we be nicer and love people and, and go back, and how can we, you know, how can we, 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 if we're nicer, then we'll be able to turn things around. No, you're not going to turn anything around, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, this tra- more train is going, right? This yeah. train is going pretty fast in one direction here. They're more more than happy to have you bend over and just ignore them and let them trample over you. You know, uh, the 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 powers that be. Uh, you know, we're the thing we we're talking about a little little bit before we were recording. You know, the the billionaires that actually run this world. I mean, even the the people that are put out there as leaders, you know, in our government, they're just puppets who are manipulated into. They're they're bent to the will of the billionaires of this world who contr- who want to hang on to power. Uh, why was Christ crucified? He was a threat to the power of the Pharisees. You know, right? That's he wasn't. That's you know. That's why Rome didn't really want anything to do with crucifying him. You know. Yeah. The, the government was like, eh, no one's really a threat to our power. Like, eh, you know, what's it matter to us, really? You know, like. It, it 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 was just the Pharisees because he was entering into the religious sect of power. Um, so that's yeah, that's where the power dynamics comes in, and it's always been about uh, about that. That's what humans naturally 
I guess, skew towards and, and, and seek after is power and verification from other people. And that's why they go with the crowd rather than want to stand out. And there's, you know, there's warnings about that in the Bible, about not wanting to stand out and going along with the crowd and being ashamed of Christ. And uh, mm. there's a reason those warnings are there. And, um, you know, how he said that things are going to speed up in the end times. You know, uh, we see that happening. We see the all of civilization, this, this statue, the brainwashing in schools, it is everywhere in our culture. It's perfectly fine to tear down statues of our uh, our founding fathers, so to speak, of this country. Who, right. Who founded the country based on wanting religious freedom. Right. Ironically. <laughs> and here we are 250 years later, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with it just being completely eroded and erased from society. Yeah. It's really... Uh, the People... The powers that be, they want Christianity to be nothing more than another lifestyle choice, right? So, and it's not about freedom. It's not, and then I think that's, every once in a while you'll hear someone, usually it's a boomer uh, of that generation, but then, because they kind of have, I guess they take it, I'm not sure where they get that from, but, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, oftentimes what you'll see is they'll say, uh, oh, uh, well, they'll make Christianity illegal or they'll take away our freedoms. Like none of that will happen. Or, like you'll have all the freedom you want, yeah. right? Like they'll give it to you but as long as it's a lifestyle choice. So, you know, because here's the thing is if, you know, homosexuality, Christianity, um, you know, uh, uh, whether you're going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, f- transgenderism, a furry, or yeah, whatever, whatever your pronoun is. is, whatever your pronoun is, <laughs> like it's all a lifestyle choice, right? Yeah. And so, if everything is a lifestyle choice, then the powers that be, you got to ask yourself, who gets to set the accept? Who gets to set what's true? That's right. Right. You know, like if they're all acceptable, well, then hey, at some point, something's not acceptable, and then so whatever's not acceptable. Right. That's where you need to look. And so that's where like the powers that be, you know, like where, where, wh- who, who, what is always presented as what's good, right and true. Right. What's always presented. And for me, I, I can't answer for everybody and I certainly can't answer for, for you. But for myself, for me, it's the state. You know, if you look at, at the state, the secular state, the government, you know, like that, that the secular state is always looked at as is always looked at as a benevolent good. So it's always presented as now it's not always presented as perfect, right? It's not religion. You know, it's not right. it's not God. It's not a secular god. So it's never presented as being perfect. But it's always presented at its worst as either as being flawed but well-intentioned. That's right. Right? Always. It's, it's always it's for the it's for the good of the people. It's for it's for the betterment of society. Well, that's right. You know, like Ch- China enslaves all its people with digital eye uh, eye scans. But you know, the truth is, is that you know, if we take that and use it in a slightly different way, boy, that'll be the best good for human society ever. You know, yeah. right? So you know, the whole idea that it was bad five minutes ago, you know, like it's now lost because if we just use it a little different way, who's we? Oh, we's the state. 
Okay, yeah, that's right. So what you do is you have like all sorts of, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like saying it's kind of like saying that okay, well, you know, God is true, and you want to believe in God, and you want Jesus to save your eternal soul, but you know, you're gonna have all these different denominations that you mm. can look at, and you know, the Methodists are a little bit different than the Presbyterians, but you know, as long as you're in that good, you're good. Well, that's what we do with state power. Right is what we do is we say, okay, well, the, the the universal good for all people in all times and all ways is the state. Now, you know, as long as you're with the state, you're good. Now, you know, sometimes you got like little wonky states like China, and then there's really wonky states like you know the North the ones, Korea. North Korea. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We were just thinking about it. Yeah. You know, there's King Kim Jong Un's over there speaking in tongues and doing faith healings and all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, but you know whatever. So you have all these different states, all these different governments that are all slightly different than one another. But as long as you're within that framework, right. then you can trust that you're within the benevolent good. Yeah. Now, if you simultaneously decide to believe in God, well, that's just a lifestyle and you got to leave it alone, you know, but like, uh, you know, it's just a lifestyle, but it can never be part of the overall benevolent good. And so, nope. yeah. And so that's where, yeah, exactly. They won't allow it because that would, obje- that would establish an objective truth that they cannot. And at that point you can't question or threat. You, you can't go against an objective truth if everybody believes in it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, right. And again, uh, the nature of the nature of truth, you know, is, is what's prese- what's uh, presented in society yep. as an a commonly accepted feature. Yep. All right. So that's why, for example, things like uh, things like welfare. Right. So if you can get uh, you can make welfare ever present, then people will accept it. People will say, well, you know, you couldn't possibly take away, you know, the uh, you, you couldn't possibly take away that welfare from those people. They would die. Yeah. Right. So it becomes ever present. And therefore, it becomes uh, every day that you live in that environment, it becomes harder to say something against it. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and less likely that you're going to because you become complacent in it if you're not really aware and on top of things. That's exactly right. And that's a lot of society. They're just busy going about their 40 hour work week and not paying attention to any of this stuff. Well, it's another thing, too. Another thing that people are doing. And <clears> again, it's on my Twitter feed uh, is. um. Uh, Aristophanes, mm. uh, who is a uh, tweeter that I do like, uh, and uh, if you're interested, you can follow him. And uh, he's a, a pretty, a pretty intelligent guy. But uh, as far as one thing about him that I can say is that uh, outside of this um, pen name uh, and this uh, picture of uh, is that the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken? In the small picture from, yeah, from where small, I'm looking at yeah, it, in the small iPad, picture, because yeah. like I can't, like I can't figure it out. Like there's a some part of my my a better part of my um, uh, a better part of me really wants to say it's like a picture of Aristotle or, or like Plato, maybe or like in a suit. But right. I honestly, I'm I'm really think it's the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> you know, there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I do enjoy reading him. Of course, I do get hungry for some. You know, uh, wait, what do they call that? The crispy, right? What? Which one is that? You're talking about, well, they got original recipe. Oh, they got the original recipe, right? In the Kentucky Fried Chicken, they got the original recipe, crispy. and then they got the crispy recipe. Yeah, so I got to let him know. I don't know which one he likes, if it's crispy or if it's original. But the um, you ask him when you get there. Uh, probably, yeah. So that's it. But the thing is, is that I don't know who this guy is, okay? And I don't think anybody does. Maybe everybody does, but I don't know who he is. And so on Twitter, uh, he's what's known as an Anon. All right, as an anonymous. Not okay. to be confused with QAnon, which is what I thought it was. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, not to be <laughs> confused with QAnon. So uh, this is a little bit of a side, uh, a, a side jaunt, and I want to get back to uh, Aristophanes here in a second. But mm. 
I do have a question for you, and I'll, I'll come back to this probably in another podcast okay. at some other time. But okay, have you ever met anyone who was like obsessed with QAnon? Yeah. Okay, you have one, one person. One person. Okay, because one person. Because like my father-in-law. Is that right? Really? And he was he was saying things two years ago that I was like, uh huh, sure. Okay. Like the purchase of twenty five thousand guillotines and the building of these concentration camps in the woods and. And I, I wasn't really on board with that part of it. Yeah. But the Bohemian Grove is no secret to anybody. That's well, obvious. yeah. No, you don't need QAnon for Bohemian Grove. I mean, that's um, that's uh, you did. I mean, that that's on the Nixon tapes. I mean, Bohemian Grove's on the Nixon tapes. Okay, fine. The Georgia Guidestones and all. That. Yeah. I'll I'll just put everything under an Alex Jones umbrella. Remember, we were talking about relevance when he first came out. Yeah. Nobody believed nothing. Nothing he said. Right. How many of that? How much of that's come out to be true? Yeah. So this morning, I'm I'm scrolling through Facebook and I come across one of these little shorts, and I can't remember his name, but he was an FBI agent. Yeah, you could look up. He retired in 1979. He was the uh, head of the Los Angeles field office, and um, I thought I was like, Man, maybe this is like a stitched together clip to make him sound like he was agreeing with this, because I'm like, you gotta oh, yeah. be kidding me. Oh no, he said 2,500 uh, kids a year are abducted. He claimed that the Oklahoma uh, City bombing was staged by the government. Um, he said these kids are abducted uh, under the age of five. He specifically named before they enter kindergarten, and that would be before, uh, that, would, that would be so they're not, at that point, they're not tracked by the system. They'd be kidnapped out of orphanages, uh, Boys Town, which is an organization, and um, I think he said taken from from foster care was the other one. Uh, this is through investigations that he did, and this is a credible source. We're talking somebody had seven hundred people under him at one point. Mm. Uh, he retires in seventy nine, and I I believe he died the next year um, because he was outspoken about this stuff. Yeah, and um, you can look it up; it's all <clears throat> it's all verified. And he said that. They had per- the government had purchased twenty five thousand guillotines and set up these camps and bought all these these coffins. My father in law, who was heavy into this QAnon stuff, two years ago was telling me about this, and I'm like, uh huh, okay, sure, right. And I'm not really buying it at that point. Yeah, I see that this morning. I'm like, he mentioned the guillotines because I'm thinking like, there's way easier ways to kill all of us. Yeah, right. No, that's true. But this guy mentions it. So I've only known one person that's been a huge QAnon person. But, I mean, you, the whole part, the whole thing about discrediting people. Well, it's funny. The government that, does that. Because I, I, I read it all the time in articles. And I, I saw one. It was one of many the other day. And they always talk about, well, QAnon, QAnon. Everyone's obsessed with QAnon. Everybody on the right is obsessed with QAnon. And I thought about because I, I cover a lot of, I mean, I, I follow a lot of people on the far right, especially on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they never talk about QAnon, ever. And then I'm like, do I know it? Like I've I thought about it. And I was thinking about it. Like I've I've never met anybody. Like your your father in law, you said. Like that's like the first person I've ever heard of that even like. Same. I, I, I've never even heard of anybody that 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 gets into this stuff or follows this stuff. Maybe there's a reason they remain anonymous. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm not like I've never I've never read anything on QAnon. I'm not saying QAnon doesn't exist. I'm just saying. I think these things get overstated, and I think that a lot of these things are more ever-present than people realize or understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you know, you can get legit, even a lot of the, um, 
you know, a lot of the, the, the conspiracy stuff. I mean, like, even the stuff like on Bohemian Grove, you're, you're always talking about, like, Alex Jones. And, and Jones did, um, he did infiltrate the Grove. And uh, the, um, the video that he took is really disturbing, like, with the owl, the, the yep. owl statue and all that. But did yeah. you know, did you know that a, um, like, for example, did you know that a, a French journalist actually did the same thing? There was a, I don't know his name, he's French. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but. He uh, got in there too? Yeah, he did. There was a, a journalist from France, uh, from Paris, actually did the same thing. He did it after Jones, I believe. Huh. And uh, he actually was able to infiltrate the Grove, and he did his own story on it. And uh, and he, what he did is basically, he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't that he, um, that he was able to, uh, uh, prove that things that Jones did was a lie. It's yeah. just that he kind of presented it differently. He basically said, he said, yeah, he said, when I infiltrated the Grove, he said, it basically, it was kind of like a lot of billionaires that were just kind of blown off steam. And, and he said that, um, he said, you know, when I was there, everyone that was there other than me was like a billionaire. And 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 uh, and he was just shocked at all these rich people. Like, these are people that are so rich, you don't even know who they are, you know? And then he was basically wrote about how, like, these people grow up in these really weird lives. Like, they when they're kids, I mean, they don't grow up like normal people. Like, can you imagine being a kid and, like, never being able to make, like, a fart joke? You know? Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, if you grow up and your whole family's worth billions and trillions of dollars, like, you, you, you like it's not acceptable. Like, you, you'll grow up and you never make, like, a fart joke ever. Almost like what you see or in like, Richie Rich. Yeah, right. Like, almost, yeah, kind of way, right? Movie, yeah. And so what he said is, like, he talked about being in the locker room. He's like, yeah, you can, I'm in the locker room with, like, a bunch of billionaires. And, like, all these billionaires, like, they all walk around naked and slapping each other with their, uh, you know, with their towels. And, you know, they're making fart jokes. And they're all basically acting like a bunch of five-year-olds, you know, like a bunch of 10-year-olds, you know, like really immature. And then he was saying, like, he said at first it really bothered me. But then he's like, it really made sense, like after a while, because none of these people have any outlet for that sort of thing. And then, like, they never get to be, like, what they would consider to be outside of their normal. And then, you know, I don't know if that – I don't know really how that – I, I'm not sure what the owl thing is, and I, I don't know what that, you know, the whole, like, owl statue and sacrificing babies to Moloch and that whole thing, like, I'm, and gargling chicken blood and howling at the moon. Like, I'm not sure how that all, like, f- plays into it, but he presented it as something that was far more acceptable, even if it was super weird, you know, yeah. and, and, and outside the paradigm. And that would be fine, but explain things like the Georgia Guidestones. Right. On state property. This this is recent. Yeah, true on enough. On state property, these yeah. things are explode, blown up. Right? right. What happened to like, like the ATF going out and doing like a six month investigation? Right. Domestic they terrorism. They were raised to the ground the next day. We yeah. have video evidence right. of a car, but nobody's nobody's tracked this down. This is an act of domestic terrorism on state property. Nobody's yep. tracked this person down. Right. We've gotten rid of all of the evidence, and these just happen to be stones that were coming of. Uh, of of more notoriety to people. And so it's always been weird to me that these billionaires just flaunt what they're doing in people's faces. These stones, I don't know if anybody understands, uh, but they were uh, funded um, by, I guess, a bunch of different people. But the person that actually went into the bank and had them anonymously built, he went under the pseudonym R.C. Christian. Yeah, Is oh, that I know. not weird to anybody? And the very first thing that's on there, and by the, is, I think it's like... Oh, like almost every language in the world or something that's on there but yeah. the first thing that's listed is what to keep the population at oh yeah right now i know like hello 
who and this was very expensive granite that these were made out of. This was not cheap. Right. You know. Right. But then the fact that it's it's totally leveled um after a bombing and now we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it is. It, it is things disappear and then they don't they're not really heard from again, you know. And that was the one that with the Georgia Guidestones was um and things like for example, um you have to connect the dots at some point. Yeah, no, I know. I know I know you do. Yeah. You you do. Do you see the video? I one video I saw was wild. I I, I saw a video um that was from the in the WEF the economic forum. You know they um did you see the video of the prostitute that was running down the street? Oh, I it didn't was, I didn't see her, but I I did watch you know uh, Klaus Schwab I believe. Oh yeah, right yeah. Some of them speak and I'm like, hmm. yeah. There was one video I saw where there was a uh, the police were there was a prostitute and she escaped and she was running around and she what? was half yeah she's half naked and she's running around screaming and I guess she she wasn't an English speaker so she was speaking a different language so I can't I can't confirm exactly what she was saying because I was looking at subtitles but apparently like she's half naked and she's running around the police are trying to get her and so they're trying to chase her around she's she's running away from the police. And she's screaming at the police, like at the top of her lungs. And and anyways, if you look at the translation, it translation, she's saying, she's saying, they're saying, ma'am, come with, come with us. Like, I mean, you can't run around the street. Like, you got to come with us. Yeah. And she's like, no. She's like, you're gonna take me back there. And uh. and, and and then she's screaming at them. She goes, no. She goes, they sacrificed the other ones, right? Like they brought in like a whole thing of prostitutes. And she's like, if I go back there, they're gonna do to me what they did to the other girls. And 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 the 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 police are like, calm down. And she's like, no. I'm going to get sacrificed and killed just like those people were. And she talks about like eating them and she's like they were drinking their blood and they were eating her flesh and they were like it was cannibalism and all this and she's freaking out and the police are like are like calm down and she's like no She's like, I got to get away. She's, she doesn't want to go with the police because she's like, if I go with you guys, you guys are going to take me back there. And then I'm going to get eaten like my friends were. <laughs> How many you know? people have to say this before it's real? <laughs> right, dude. The guy I just mentioned was the head of the FBI field office it's in Los wild, Angeles. Man. Yeah. And then the next day, video gone, right? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, what? Well, I couldn't find it again. I'm like, how okay. many dots do we got to connect? Like, do people need to like see it for themselves? Yeah, I don't know, man. I have yeah. no clue. And and we're presenting with this statue. We're presenting Martin Luther King as some like just extremely morally high character, some some great guy. And apparently, there's questions that swirl about that. Really, you know, we, aren't we told he was? Uh, I've I've always been told he was a Republican and oh yeah you know so I, I just assumed like he was you know against Planned Parenthood and stuff but as yeah no I mean the if you know you look at my thread there's a, a there's some stuff on there on the thread that yeah uh, you know MLK people don't um, I, and I'm not sure like I'm no expert on MLK so I don't want to speak as an expert but uh, you know there's a lot of evidence that he wasn't necessarily he, he doesn't fit that. Um, he doesn't fit that mold. Uh, he talked about, uh, uh, for example, um, you know, I talked about uh, a pluralistic society where you'd have different. He didn't. He didn't want prayers in schools. Um, or, for example, uh, here, look at some stuff here. Um, the papers of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Volume One, uh, called to serve. 
Uh, and I'll say, uh, what experiences of Christians living in the early Christian century led to the Christian doctrines of the divine sonship of Jesus, the virgin birth, and the bodily resurrection? Like, he didn't believe in the virgin birth or the bodily resurrection. It says, in this paper, we shall discuss the experiences of early Christians, which lead to three rather orthodox doctrines, which is the divine sonship of Jesus, the virgin birth, and the bodily resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of eye opening. We don't we don't hear that talked about. Yeah, no, I know Tolstoy didn't believe in those things either. Um, but uh, and and so I do have a lot of respect for. And that's just to say that it's completely possible to hold those views and still have a respectable position where you are you are outwardly presenting yourself as someone who is respectable and someone who is intelligent and someone who is logical uh and uh so just like tolstoy was able to do that i obviously don't march in step with tolstoy on those things or martin luther king yeah but um but uh you can still you can still present yourself to the world in a certain way even though you hold those positions right i'm not i'm not yeah i'm not claiming the guy's jeffrey dahmer but here's the interesting part of that if martin luther king by the left you can portray him however you want. You could read those quotes to the left. They're going to love the guy, and they're going to make a statue of him in Boston like they did. Right. But if you create a different narrative about him, the right has largely been a defender of him as well. Well, now you've made him an accepted figure by both parties. Yeah. By lying to one party about him. Yeah. By by distorting the truth. And it's not like it's that hard. I mean, Americans' memory is about two and a half minutes long. It, yeah, I know that's true. You know, if something didn't happen in the last uh, twenty years, and it must have never happened ever in history. You we know? we talk about that, like, oh, what what are we going to, uh, you know, talk about for you know notes? And it's like you pretty much got to release the same day. It's almost like computer technology when it was. Yeah, you that's know, true. Being uh, when it, when it first came out, it was like right. it's just speeding up so much. You buy a computer six months later, that thing's out of date, man. Yeah, no, I know it's true. And it's it's happening faster and faster. I know it's true. So this, I, I want to talk to you about this uh, Aristophanes, if yeah. I have his name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do that. We'll go back. So, so uh, he, I want to talk about his best thing about being a non thing. All right. So I just want to put a frame here for people, uh, for the listeners. All right. So and I'll, I'll be quick about it. But the um, so on Twitter. You can do things two ways, all right? You can you can use your name. You can go on there and say, hey, my name's uh, Joe Smith, and then people can track you down, and you're like a real person with a real picture. And then you can do things other ways. You can, you know, you can put up a picture of the colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you can <laughs> give yourself an, a, a cool name, and then you can be anonymous. Like, no one knows who you are, right? Okay. And so uh, you can be an anon, or you can be, like, a, a real person. I think he calls it a face lord, I think, at one point. Uh, I don't know if that's a real term or not. <laughs> okay. Now, for me... I personally am kind of partial, all right? So, like, on a Blunder Tom, I'm Tom. So, and on the podcast, you know, my name's Tom, and I'm with my wingman, Steve. So, I guess if you really want to track me down, and that's something that you really want to do, then I guess it, you could, probably could, I suppose. Uh, but, um, so, I'm not really hiding it. Uh, that's not a pen name. Um, um, my name's Tom, and I'm here with Steve. But I don't flaunt it. And on Twitter, I'm Tom. So, I guess, in a way, I'm kind of in between. And the reason I'm in between is because... I really admire these accounts. I really admire these Anon accounts. Now, someone that doesn't admire these accounts is Jordan Peterson. 
All right. So basically, this is where this whole thing comes in, because Peterson basically came out and I'm not going to speak to the individual details of this whole thing. But Peterson basically came out and and insinuated that people who use Anon accounts are gutless cowards. And these are people who are punching way above their weight. And these are people who, you know, they're basically they're basically, you know, it's. It's kind of like in a video game in a cheat code, right? Like if you uh, if you're um, you're running around beating everybody up using the cheat code, you don't have anything. You don't have any skin in the game. You know, right. you haven't put the work in. You know, in, in terms of actually learning how to do the game, you're just using the cheat code, and yet you're able to do as much as other people. All right, and so basically he called he kind of called him out, and now there's been this debate on Twitter about uh, the virtue of being anonymous versus being named or being a face lord. Okay. Uh, and so um, I'm kind of... Now, here's where I'm at. I've chosen to not go anonymous on Twitter. And and I've done that for specific reasons, for basically two reasons. N- the first reason that I won't go anonymous on Twitter is that effectively what I podcast about and what I talk about is Christian presupposition. And I want to equip young people and I want young people to know that the single greatest thing that they can do as a Christian is arm themselves and that doesn't that's not a knife or a gun or an axe or any other weapon the weapon that a Christian needs to wield in the coming age is an ironclad understanding of Christian presuppositions that's and it. and that's it and that's why we uh, we podcast about Harry Myers that's why we we podcast about Schlossberg uh, and uh, and Charles Taylor and many other people and so uh, that is one of the reasons why we do what we do mm-hmm. now so because I'm like I don't want and I'm not I don't want to be like you you quoted there earlier in the podcast right I don't want to be ashamed of Christ right so right. I mean I'm not so I'm not going to run around and say well you know um you know that that anonymous guy, you know, wants everybody to know about Christ. No, actually, Tom wants you to know about Christ. You know, so I mean, I'm, I'm and I'm a Christian, and that's the reason I am there. So, sure. uh, so because I want people to know about Christian presuppositions, and because that's my position, I don't necessarily, I don't think it, 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 it it's not honoring to 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 hide behind a, an anonymous when I'm talking about that. I don't, I don't think it's honorable. Sure, okay, I, honorable. I think you're still honoring. Christ, but I don't think. Um, I guess you're doing you're honoring Christ, but you're doing it anonymously. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, either way, but I don't think there's there's virtue to be had in being anonymous. But so uh, that that would be my first position, and then my second reason for not being anonymous is, um, and I, I I I kind of there's a comment there that I kind of talked about this a little bit, and the reason the second reason why I don't go anonymous is because I'm Generation X. Uh, and because Generation X is the last generation that remembers life without the internet, and so somebody is going to have to make all these opinions, bring them into the mainstream, you know. And and so there's different ways that you can do that. One way you can do that is like you know you can just be like Alex Jones, you can scream it out into the into the ether, and then you know basically just like you know kick the door in and th- you know throw mud everywhere and then wait for things to sort themselves out, right? You know, or you can um you know or you can you can do it in kind of like the um um. Or you can do it in kind of a sneaky way where you can do it anonymously, where basically people are going to... And I think that leads to a lot of duality, you know, and I don't think that's very healthy for society, where you're going to basically have two identities. You're going to have the identity for the outside and the identity for the inside. 
And uh, and then on the inside, you have a completely different way of looking at the world and a completely different identity than you do on the outside. So, you know, people people that know me may think that I'm quiet, right? And they may say, well, Tom's a quiet guy. He doesn't talk a lot, right? Well, the truth is if you actually know me, you know that I'm really talkative. I never stop and that I'll talk about <laughs> anything and I'll talk – I barely stop to take a breath. Now, the reason that, that I, the reason that I get – yeah, I verify that. The reason that I get quiet a lot of times, okay, is because I just – is because, it, you know, the old adage your mother used to say, you know, like if you don't have anything to talk about, then, you know, don't talk about anything at all. So, you mean you're feeling nice to say? Well, no, it's not that I don't have anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess that would be different. Well, that was your mother. My mother was different, right? Okay. So the – um. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for proving my point. That's right. There you go. You're proving your point, right? I, I get you there. Okay, right. Get me there. So, and you know, people, for example, people will talk about, uh, people might talk about, um, uh, you know, like a construction project that they're working on. Well, I'm not, I don't really swing a hammer, so I don't really have a lot to say. Or people might talk about the weather, and I might think that that's maybe kind of, you know, banal or pointless. So maybe I don't say anything because I don't think it's a very enthralling subject, you know. But if you want to get me talking about Christian presuppositions, talk about that all day long. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a pen and paper. And yeah. But I think what a lot of people do, I think what a lot of people do is I think a lot of people build up this dual personality. And, you know, a guy like, like so Aristophanes, maybe he spends part of the day on Twitter um, with this saying certain things and, and talking about his beliefs and working through things. But, and I don't know him from a hole in the wall. So, I, you know, does he have a regular job? I don't know. Maybe, probably. I mean, so, but is he, is he going to, you know, if he's a line cook down at the local Applebee's, is he going down to the, is he going down to the local Applebee's and, 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 and jumping on the line and then, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, talking about all these, you know, these crazy things, these cultural, uh, uh, you know, is he talking about, uh, uh, you know, all these crazy theories uh, to his coworkers? Probably yeah. not. You know, he's probably talking about the same normal stuff that everyone else talks about. And so I think for me being Generation X, you know, uh, that's one thing. Aristophanes talks here a little bit about uh, being, uh, he talks about how some people that are anonymous are PhDs and other people that are anonymous work at Ace Hardware. And he talks about how it's a good thing that they can communicate with each other on an even level. Now, I don't disagree with that statement, but what I do see is I see that there are certain people, you know, if you work at Ace Hardware and you're not talking at a high level at Ace Hardware, then the people at Ace Hardware are never going to get to experience what you have to say. Only people on Twitter are. And so what you're doing is you're effectively saying, you know, because when I grew up, every Ace Hardware in town had some eccentric that worked there. And everybody knew him. And then that person got to affect everyone people's lives. And it became a very organic part of your experience. And now, if you want to read about that stuff, you go on Twitter. And so now people's real experience is just to go around and not talk about these things. It's to see people staring at their phones. And that creates a lot of mental illness, and it creates a lot of distraction, and it creates a lot of cultural, I would say, malinvestment. You know, it's just, it, it's very odd, uh, at least to me. So... Because I remember what life was like before the internet, I have this mm -hmm. ability to take these things that people don't want to say and maybe speak it into reality. And I think that there is a positive good in doing that. It's because you can see it. Because you remember what it was like before everyone was like, hey, you want to go somewhere nice and look at our cell phones? 
<laughs> you right, remember yeah. what it, what, right. what dialogue was like, you know? Yeah, right. No, it's true. I do. And so, you know, they always say, like, Blumeyers talks about that. And I was really affected by Blumeyers when he talked about this, how you have to, in order to say something's beautiful, you have to have a truth. Like, you can't say something is beautiful unless you have a, unless you have a truth that you can associate with it. Yeah, we uh, can you know, compare it to. Yeah, right. It's like the uh, the whole Pizza Hut thing the other day, you know, not the other day, but uh, cause a couple months ago, uh, Jack Posiak uh, did this, I think. So Jack Posiak, uh, he posted a, a big thread about Pizza Hut. And what he did was he posted a lot of pictures of Pizza Huts uh, that from uh, from today, and he compared them to Pizza Huts from before, from when we were kids. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, no, I know. And he posted all these descriptions about how it used to be, and they were all very accurate, you know, and you look at it, it was very nostalgic and very wonderful, and it, it gave you all the warm feels. And then, of course, today you look at it, and, you know, they're all, you know, there's graffiti, and, you know, there's uh, uh, chain link fences around half these places, and, you know, shootings and people, you know, shooting up and drugging up behind the in the alley behind them and how you can't even go inside. A lot of them are drive-through and delivery only now and, and things of this nature. But anyways, that's not what I'm wanting to get into. But what I would want to say about that is I'm old enough, and so are you, to have actually gone to a classic Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. And to have gone there and sat in there and to actually experienced it. And to have good feelings and good memories about what it was like and how good it really was. Yep. And so, um, anyhow, when I looked at the tweet, when I looked at the thread, it shocked me because it was all millennials and Generation Z. They were all liking and loving and talking and regurgitating all these things, but they were all doing it from a realm, an abstract realm. None of them had ever been in one none of them could speak to the authentic experience nope they all were just like yeah this is what we want and they were all clapping and they were all trying to lift it up and saying this is what we want this is the reality that we want but nobody could speak to it and i thought man you know if you know if i'm anonymous then like i don't know i'm not really speaking into that reality like that's what makes me special is that we actually were there you know we actually remember what it was like okay uh, and so I think that there is a lot of uh, authenticity in that. And, and so uh, I don't, um, and at the same time, I am conflicted because these anonymous accounts can come on and they can talk about the most wild stuff. I mean, they can come on and they can just say, they can say literally anything. Yeah. And they can just throw it out there and they can defend it in ways that, I mean, really, you know, like, I mean, I don't necessarily have things that I won't talk about on the podcast. I mean, that's not really my thing. I guess I'll talk about anything. But there are things that I won't bring forth, you know, uh, things that are, are just things I wouldn't volunteer. I wouldn't push. I wouldn't want to push in people's faces. Um, but there's I will talk about anything, uh, you know, but there are things that I wouldn't necessarily bring forth. And also, too, in terms of certain defenses, you know, like uh, I have certain opinions that uh, I guess publicly I accept pushback because some of my defenses from my positions are so aggressive and are so out there that I don't really want to put them forward as a defense. I want to say that, well, I believe the way I believe because of X, Y, Z, because X, Y, Z is just so shocking that I think that a lot of people wouldn't, they, 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 they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to associate a real person with those things. So therefore, uh, so therefore um, I'm hesitant 
to speak them aloud uh, because not everybody can separate people from ideas and not everybody can look at an objective no, fact yeah. and then and then relate it to other facts and explore the relationship without taking things overly personal. I'll go further and I'll say most people can't do that. They but I I always I always go back to to the gate. The gate is is narrow. Yeah. That's what I I, I just I'm a very I'm a biblical literalist. I do not I, I'm not going to sit here and claim some like moral high ground like I I act so much better than everybody and you guys are all just going to be second in line to me to heaven. Like I don't I don't claim that uh at all. Right. Um but I I just don't think there's anything wrong with not being in the crowd. I think uh just like business, you take a risk. Right. Um going going out on a limb trying to you know have success. True. And I don't think you know your idea is good or bad based on, you know, pass or fail. Like you, you and I were talking about your your idea. Yeah, it either catches the wave at the right time or it right. doesn't. Sure, doesn't mean you were wrong at the time. That's true. So I got a couple questions about your about your anonymous thing. All right, all right. Here. Okay, so I'll start with this. Uh, I find that it isn't, and I'll and I'll ask you these as questions, not not as statements, because a lot of times. Uh, as people probably have heard, this really isn't a secret. You'll say stuff that's kind of like eye-opening. You know, like, oh, okay, you know, and uh, I end up being wrong, right? It's just something I I didn't see. So, well, maybe is it? No, I do like it. I, I, so, give me the questions. I'm looking. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Isn't it? It's well. I, first off, I find it ironic that you posted that publicly. Is there any irony there? Uh, how do you mean? So, I that you're like, well, I'm thinking about doing an anonymous account. Oh yeah, you post it publicly. Well, that's true. Like, and everything you do is is public, but you kind of you kind of explained why why you do that already. I yeah, guess. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if I were to do an anonymous account, I'd have a, like a different name, you know, and then uh, uh, and uh, what I would do is, you know, no one would know it was me, and so people may react to what I would say, uh, but um, uh, but it would be anonymous, so people wouldn't know, you know, who was owning it. So we well we talked about credibility. Sure. And even you said that, and we talked about this earlier in the podcast, that, well, if there's no objective truth, if we can't assign a truth, an actual truth, that, well, it can be discredited. So as an anonymous, nobody can lend any sort of pedigree to anything you're saying. They can't say, well, this account right here is, you know, look at this. This is a, this is a great point we're going to stick to. You might catch a wave where people agree with you, but does it have any staying power? In terms of what you say? Yeah. I mean, is there any... How can credibility be... Isn't credibility in jeopardy with an anonymous account? The credibility of the person... I guess it all comes down to the credibility of the idea versus the credibility of the person of themselves. It really comes down to gatekeeping. I mean, it really is what it is. The reason that the anonymous... So... You know, it's it really comes. You have to go all the way back to the reason why Twitter is special. All right, so to the reason why, for example, like like Twitter is special. So, Twitter originally, the way it started out, was kind of like a way for people to, a way for people to become closer 
and to interact in a closer way with famous people and with influencers and with corporations. So for example, so on Facebook, like Facebook is for you and your friends, right? Like if you're on Facebook, then that's for like you and your buddy down the street and your family and it's all the people you know. And on Twitter, it's really not that. On Twitter, it's for like, for example, a famous person, like uh, if you have a famous actor or a politician, they may have a Twitter account. And so what they are going to do is a way for people to uh, get closer to those people because you could actually interact like on social media. So Twitter would be a way uh, that was one of the reasons why things were so short, you know, because you didn't want to have uh, it gave people the chance to actually interact with others. So if you're um, if you're a famous author and I really like your books, then uh, and I follow you, uh, then it would it, it's logical to feel like. It's logical to feel like if I respond to you enough times and if I follow you for long enough, then at some point you're going to respond to me or maybe you'll like something I say and then it'll give me this experience on social media where I become close to the people that I admire. Right? Okay. And so that's kind of a, a bit of a presupposition on Twitter. Now, this has actually become, um, uh, you know, and, and it allowed famous and influential people to get feedback from those who wanted to be close to them in a real manner, a real time. So, for example, uh, there's a great, uh, 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 this happened recently. I, I may tweet this out a little bit later, but there was a, a great thread recently. Uh, people that write articles, they write an article for a magazine, and then they may put the ideas out on Twitter, and then they get some responses. And then they're able to look at the responses for the people that, these are people that are invested. These are people that are going to, these are the first people that are going to read it, right? Okay. Well, the person may look at it and may say, oh, yeah, there's a couple of different good ideas in there. And they may switch things out, may change things. Mm -hmm. Well, by these anonymous accounts, what they do is they're able to take, they're able to separate the idea from the person. So usually you'd say, uh, so say for example, let me give an example. Let's say a famous author uh, like um, uh, like uh, J.K. Rowling, right? Okay. So J.K. Rowling's a real famous author, so she can go on Twitter and then she can put out an idea, and people say, "Well, this is a notable idea because J.K. Rowling said it," right? Yeah. Well, if you know Joe Schmo comes out and says the same idea, he's not going to get any engagement. None. Right. None. He's going to get zero. Yeah. Right. People are going to say. Well, you know, some absolute moron, nobody on Twitter said something and it doesn't mean a thing, right? Because they're nobody. And so people, eh, hey, I love you, right? If you're anonymous on Twitter, like, I don't know, like, I, I, hey, all the credit in the world, all right? So they figured it out and they always will, right? They figured out that if they were to go anonymous and put out these ideas, if they were to create engagement with, the idea as an anonymous poster, then they could if essentially get the credibility from the idea and pr uh, rather than the identity behind the idea. So uh, therefore, uh, uh, now this can be both positive and negative. So for example, a guy like Aristophanes, this would be uh, what I would call positive uh, and on account because he'll talk about the things he'll say well this is what I see in society or this is where I think society will go or this is what I think this means and so they'll put out ideas and opinions that are, they're trying to add they aren't trying to tear people down they're trying to build people up to some sort of conclusion mm -hmm. uh, and whereas there's also a negative anon where a negative anon can be someone like a like a like a, a 
you know, that this is someone who might bully other people. You know, this is someone who um, will go around Twitter and they'll have someone that will say, uh, you know, um, uh, they, they'll just tear people down. And they can do that anonymously. They'll say, uh, oh, well, you've had, uh, you know, you've had so many, uh, you've had so many relationships or you're, you're, you know, they'll say you're a whore or they'll say, uh, you're, you're a rich person. You don't get to have that opinion because, uh, you know, you, 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 you living off of daddy's money or these things, you know? So if you were to tear people down like this in real life, then you would get a real bad reputation and people want to talk about, you know, the sense of bitterness that comes out and, and it actually exasperates that stuff because there's no censor. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You know, and so, like, there's no censor. But, uh, so you can be negative or you can be positive, and there are both kinds. And I think Aristophanes here in this tweet that I uh, reposted, he talks about how you'll have Anons that are PhDs, and uh, they may be a president of a university, mm-hmm. or they might be a CEO of a big corporation. Mm-hmm. And this person knows that if they were to go on social media and say to somebody, Oh, uh, you know, you're uh, a Republican and you're literally Hitler. Or they're going to say, um, uh, you, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not your boyfriend's fault. It's your fault. You're a slut. Right. right? Or they're suicide. Yeah. Or they might come on and say, oh, you're a loser. You need to commit suicide and die. You know, right. They might say these things. So but they can't do that if they were to say these things as the CEO of a corporation, then they would be fired or shunned or these things would happen. But they can be anonymous on Twitter and say it, right? But then Aristophanes points out that you got guys who are working on Ace Hardware, you know, or you got like, you know, English teachers who, you know, uh, uh, who podcast, you know, people that are literal nobodies, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that these people are people that are working down the street, you know. uh, I mean, I used to manage convenience stores for a living. So, I mean, you know, like I've never, I'm not really part of the, the, the cultural elite of, of anywhere. Right. But, you know, however, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't have lots of thoughts. And so uh, a lot of people who are normal people get on to Twitter and they put really brilliant stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, or they might share something that's really brilliant or really engaging. Uh, and those people are not. And, and Aristophanes points out how being Anon or being anonymous allows these people to communicate without gatekeeping, you know, uh, right? Okay. You see, because without gatekeeping, because see, if I went to, um, if I went to, um, uh, if I went to, uh, say for example, uh, the CEO of Tyson Foods, sure, and uh, and I went to the CEO of Tyson Foods, and um, I was to, um, I was to say. Uh, hey, um, I want to. Uh, my friend Steve wants to introduce you to his wife uh, because she was cooking chicken the other day, and she has something she wants to say to you. Well, the person from uh, Tyson Foods is going to go. Uh, I don't have time. I'm busy, and they're going to you're going to make a quick exit, and you're never going to see him again. Yep. Right. However, the CEO of Tyson Foods can go on Twitter and can be looking to maybe make a fart joke, you know, because that's what he's there for. And then all of a sudden, he sees an anon- he sees something from an anonymous person, an anon. He doesn't know who it is, but he knows that hey, they maybe they got a cool looking picture, like the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> right? So. Uh, and he sees the picture and he goes, oh, hey, that's kind of a clever name. That's kind of a neat picture. And he reads it and he reads this opinion about the chicken and he says, wow, I could go back in tomorrow into the office and I could revolutionize Tyson Foods and we could, be, we could make millions of dollars based on this because this is an amazing idea, right? By cutting through the gatekeepers, 
the idea now has an opportunity to gain traction, right? Okay. So, and, and this is the thing, you know, like, I'm, like so, whereas, and the people do this, people build on Twitter. They go on Twitter and they build, um, they build these, uh, these accounts. And so, for example, Aristophanes, I'm not sure how many followers he has, but uh, I know it's, I think I have like, I think I have like five, uh, but let's uh. see. You got you got a few. Okay, here we go. So Aristophanes. Aristophanes has twenty thousand. So if he has twenty thousand, so let's say Aristophanes is going to um uh, and he's written he's written for the I think the American Mind. I think he's got some of uh, the Federalist. So he's actually had publications. He doesn't even have a college degree. All right, but he's had he's had uh, publications reach out to him, and that they will um he'll publish anonymously. Mm-hmm. Right, all the pundits. Another one. I mean, I, if you've ever heard of him, is and he's a more. I think he's on the left, right? But he's been published as well. And so, uh, magazines will reach out to these people, and they'll they'll, they'll actually write under a pseudonym. Sure. Uh, and so uh, they're able. And so, for example, he has twenty thousand followers. So let's say, for example, that Aristophanes was to have a podcast. Right. I don't know if he does or not. Maybe he does. I'm not sure. Mm. But if he does, then um, perhaps he could get maybe. 10%, right, of his people would listen to his podcast in the short term. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 1% might be dedicated and listen to every single episode he ever did, mm-hmm. right? Well, if he's got 20,000 followers on Twitter, then that means that maybe for his first five or six episodes, he's looking at about 2,000 people on episode. And then as far as his podcast, maybe it gets 200 people that listen to every single one, mm-hmm. you know, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty good base. You know, but if you're just working at Ace Hardware, like if you're just like some guy, you're just like you're like the dude who polishes the nails at Ace Hardware, yeah. right? And you start a podcast about the about about saving civilization, right? Like you're dead if, in the water from the start. You're, you're from the very start, you know. And if someone says that if someone says that you're gonna have 200 listeners, then that's probably like the apex of your wildest dreams, right? You'd say, oh, well, I don't even. A person might not even be able to conceive how they could even make that happen. Right, mm-hmm. so they don't even know how they can make that happen. Now, for Aristophanes, that's one percent, right? Yeah. So, but for the guy at Ace Hardware who's polishing nails, that's that's beyond his wildest dreams. Like he can't even think about how that would ever happen. Yeah. Right. So, what's the mechanism? Is it having a brilliant mind? No. You know, is it being in the right place at the right time? No. You know, is it knowing the right people? No. The trick is that he goes anonymous and he puts his thoughts out there and he puts them out there in position so that they 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 get equated with the thoughts of other gatekeepers. He uses other gatekeepers and other you know uh, which are oftentimes other anonymous other anonymous accounts. All these anonymous accounts verify each other. You know, they all they all operate in different fiefdoms. Uh there's a great um there's a great tweet, and I believe that the anonymous account that it comes from has been suspended, uh, which is a shame because it was an, a really wonderful tweet. But what the guy did is the anonymous person. What he did was he went back to medieval England, and he, he talked about how in, in the medieval times, all these kings and queens would, would have the, the different lands, and all the lands would have different fiefdoms, and all the different fiefdoms would be loyal to different armies and different generals, and sometimes the generals would work together. And he pointed out that you can actually go to these anonymous accounts, and you can actually uh, put a hierarchy on them, where what you can do is you can go and say, okay, well, this anonymous account is like a general. 
But this, because he's got like uh, 50,000 followers. But this account has on 5,000 followers. So he's not a general. He's more like a lieutenant. So, and, and then you can actually track the ideas, how the ideas go down. Because, you know, when it comes down to certain ideas, certain anonymous accounts can get by with a big idea, but they don't have to flesh it out. And then the other anonymous accounts that are smaller, they're the ones that do the legwork. They create the threads that are longer and more fleshed out. You know, so if I have if I have if I have an anonymous account and I have 150,000 followers, I don't need to say uh, like for example, I may be able to come out and I'm able to say have a, a tweet and it says that it says women are children. All right. And I'm going to get engagement off of that like gangbusters, like a ton of engagement. Now, all that engagement isn't going to come from people above me. It's going to come from other anonymous accounts, which are below me. Like they're going to have not 150,000 followers. They're going to have like 50,000 followers. And so what they're going to do is they're going to come out and then they're going to come out and say, all right, they're going to have their own threads and their threads are not going to be a retweet. It's not going to they're going to retweet women are children. No, 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 no. They're going to come out and they're going to say, okay, I think women are children. And th- here, here's an explanation as to why I think why. Right? It's not that the big account doesn't know why. He knows. He just doesn't have to say it. It's too big. You know, all the other accounts, can he, and he knows that if he says it, he's denying the, the people below him. They have, they, they have smaller accounts. And so then they go and they explain why they think, why they feel the way that they feel. Right? And then when they explain it, they get a lot of engagement. Right? And that engagement. Now, now you go down and you keep going down, okay? You keep going down to the way. Now, the next thing you go down to maybe someone who's got 5,000 followers, right? The people that have 5,000 followers, those people are more doing anecdotal stuff, right? They're not, they're not pulling out the, the books and the psychology books and they're pulling out all the evidence and they're pulling out all these things and making all these pictures. They're, what they do is they come out and say, well, you've already read all the material, but now I want to share with you about from my own life. You know, they got 5,000 followers. So the people that follow them care about their They care about their life. They care about their life. Yep. And so what they do is they want to hear more about that person's life. And so that they get trust and they get authenticity out of that. Now there's beyond that, you get even lower accounts, right? So now we started out at the top with about 150,000 followers or 200,000 followers. And now we're going to go all the way down to the bottom to like the Tom and Steve's, right? So these are guys who have like 10 followers, right? And the people who have- Are we that high now? Uh, I am. I think I'm at I'm at twelve right now. I think, which is pretty great. So it's like a dozen. It's like a baker's dozen, you know. So it's pretty good. So uh, I got like twelve, and I'm, I'm getting there. So you know, that'd be pretty good. We'll have a big party when I get to thirteen. You know, so that'd be pretty sweet. So the uh, then you get down to like the the Tom and Steve's of the world, right? So we got like we got like ten people or twelve people. Now these people, they. They're like the infantrymen, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, uh, you know, so if you say take that castle, you know, and then you got like a whole group of people and you're going to send 200 people, you know, to go clear out the uh, to go clear out the path, you know, and those people are all going to die. They're never actually going to get to the castle, but they're all going to die so that the other people who have the big machinery can get to the castle and knock down the wall, you know. So the people with like 10 accounts, what they do is they don't have any influence whatsoever. So they're their role, especially if they're anonymous, okay, if they're anonymous, this is their role. 
And if you're, a lot of them are not anonymous, but that's okay. All right, but their role generally, especially if you're anonymous, is just to argue and call. It's fist fighting. All right, it's it's bayonet fighting. You're you're putting on the bayonet and you're going man to man. You're going to go in the comments and someone says, "Well, you think women are children, so you're a misogynist." It's the trenches. It's the trenches. You're down in the trenches, and now the person says, "Well, you're a misogynist," and then it's your job as a foot soldier to come in and say, and say, uh, and defend the person or you're going to tear the other person down or you're going to do the dirty work you know you're going to get bloody you know you're going to have to come in you're going to say well you know you may only have 20 followers and the other person may only have 30 followers but that doesn't matter you're going to go into their profile and you're going to look at their tweets and you're going to say well you may say that uh, i'm a misogynist but you're a woke teacher you know and you're terrible and so you're just getting in there and then that's where all the back and forth and the arguing happens and it's all it's all layered, right? It's all layered. And, and, and so it all goes back to that one field general, you know. And back in the medieval times, they'd say, we're going to take that castle. All right, so we're going to have five generals going to come in with all their troops, and we're going to put in all the generals, and they're all going to make the proclamation. We're going to send in the foot soldiers here. We're going to take out these fortifications. And then once that all happens, we're going to come into this area, and then we're going to take down the walls, and then we're going to invade, right? Well, Twitter has the exact same thing, and a lot of it happens anonymously. And these are all anonymous accounts. And honestly... There's a part of me, okay, that looks at it. Like, the guy up at the top, all right, just because he has 200,000 followers and he's the guy that gets to tweet and everybody else gets to run around and take on their different roles, that doesn't mean that the guy at the top has 200,000 followers is a CEO. It doesn't mean that it's it's not an anonymous count from Ted Cruz or from Dan Crenshaw or from, you know, uh, from, from, you know, the CEO of the Daily Wire. You know, it's not. And it's, very likely it's not because they don't need to be anonymous. You their got it. name already has credibility. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So the guy at the top is pro- might be like maybe uh, uh, like the, the, the son of uh, some Har- Harley Davidson biker dude who's living in his dad's basement. It's the guy who argues whether or not you give him a 10 or a 20 at the McDonald's window. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. It could be it could be a dishwasher, right? Maybe it could be someone who's got a, a job washing dishes, you know? Nothing wrong with you people wash dishes and, and mistake which denomination I give you at the window Nothing McDonald's, wrong. by the way. Hey. Love you. Hey, listen, listen. I got twelve Twitter followers. Okay, all right. Like we love you. Yeah, all right. I'm, yeah, I'm up yeah. to I'm up to four. Uh, you're up to four. All right, hey, pretty good. All right, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, if you if you triple that, you still won't be where I'm at. So I just want you to remember that, right? You could triple that, and you'll still be behind me. So. Yeah, but you know what? I'm only following twenty, so I have one fifth of the amount of people I follow. Oh, there you go. I got. I'm at triple ones now. I got one. I, you know, it's funny because so many people <laughs> follow like twenty thousand people. I don't know if you follow twenty. I don't know if I want to follow twenty thousand people. You know, I want to keep it small. You know, I don't know. Paul said what? Follow after me, even follow after <laughs> Christ. Right. Follow, yeah, right. So follow I'm looking for his account. There you go, the Apostle right? Paul. I'll just follow him. Amen. Right there, so you good. go. If I can get him to retweet me, that'd be sweet. Yeah, there you go. Right. There so you go. uh, you've effectively destroyed the rest of my list. Oh uh, no, I as, have. As I, oh, as I don't I, want to. As I, as I predicted. Well, here was no, the rest. No, of, no. Here was the rest of my list. Uh, what does having a PhD prove? 
Well, right. you, you get rid of that. Well, no, but that's the reason why you'd go anonymous, right? Yeah. Like the big anonymous accounts, yeah. these are not PhD. If you had a PhD, you wouldn't need to go anonymous. Like the, if you're a PhD, you're going anonymous because you want to make fart jokes, yeah. right? Like, Or because you, you're sick of going to Bohemian Grove and you don't yeah. want to gargle <laughs> chicken blood. and You don't want to eat, <laughs> drink chicken blood and gargle uh, at the moon, howl at the moon. No. You don't want to. You don't want to do that no more. I don't actually. I don't. I don't actually uh, co-host podcasting with you, um, so that you know, I can co-host the podcast. It's really just learning for me. Oh, is that right? It's just learning, right? So, there you go. Well, like, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't fully understand that tweet until about I don't know two minutes into your explanation. I went, oh, he's saying that it doesn't really matter because the people who are on there being bullies and. Uh, posting soy jacks at people. Those yeah. are those are the VPs with PhDs, not us. Right, right. So I I didn't I didn't get what he was saying. So guy at the drive-through window, you you spoke over my head. Way to go. Nice, nicely done. Oh. Why you have more followers than I do? Oh, um, <laughs> no, basically, all my questions were going to be like, isn't it easy to be discredited if you're like I I, I didn't understand the point. There was no, there's no um. There's no like honor or whatever that that goes along with being anonymous, which I, I guess doesn't really matter. The whole I, the whole idea, the whole uh, focus really is to get an idea out there that's the truth and try to get people back to you know objective truth. Like hello, focus on this. Like do you, are you are you people paying attention? Because you're right. You know, if one of us goes out there and says it, like I did on Facebook, enough to. You know, I, I'm under a pseudonym on Facebook now, not by choice. Right. Okay. <laughs> because I, I I did this uh, not anonymously. Right. Uh, and I breached the um, JFK subject, and uh, the government had pretty much had enough of me and zucked me. <laughs> so goodbye, my Stephen account. And uh, yeah. Um. So point point made. I I have no more questions, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, yeah. That that was. That's a good explanation. That's a great reason to go anonymous, but it kind of sucks at the same time, doesn't it? I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And not because it's like, oh, I wish I had the notoriety, but it's like it sucks that you have to. Yeah, right. Well, that's it. And and I think that, you know, what it does is it creates, uh, you know, for example, so it's just a lot of these opinions are just opinions that are outside. It's not that they're destructive to society, and they're certainly not conspiracies. And and I guess this is another thing. I think, I think a lot of the people who go anonymous are are, are especially the young people. I I think a lot of them don't see what the long term consequences of it are. I mean, a lot of anonymous posters get lumped in with conspiracy theorists, and so people will say, "Well, you got to watch out for this crazy conspiracy theorist." Well, you know, people like Aristophanes not a conspiracy theorist. They just say things that are not generally acceptable in general discussion. Right. Right. And so, you know, but the the media can therefore brand certain ideas as conspiracy and as different things uh, because these people are anonymous. Uh, and, and, and I know there are, limiting, there are limiting factors to that opinion, and we don't necessarily see that now, but I think that as years go by, that's going to be more and more present. Uh, and then also, too, like I was very confused because Aristophanes talks about, he's like, oh, I know a guy that works here, and I know a guy that works here. Like, what, are they all, do they all... They all not anonymous to each other. I mean, is that the way it works? I, I don't know, man. I don't even know. I mean, he says home improvement question. Well, I've got general contractors and I've got tradesmen who post soy jacks at journalists all day. Well, how do you know that they're contractors if they're anonymous? I mean, 
these got to be close friends because you're not you, you you're not going to take that platform that managed to make it through the gatekeepers and risk that by outing yourself to somebody else's anonymous account and be like hey this is who I really am yeah i wouldn't really i know and that's no. the thing for me yeah you wouldn't do that you I mean, finally get through the gatekeepers you're not risking that right yeah absolutely no doubt and no doubt like i'm the, yeah i mean if you're if i go anonymous and i end up with you know, half a million followers, then I'm not going to all of a sudden come out and say, hey, I'm just a nobody, you know, living in a nobody town, doing nobody things. Nope. Because then it just destroys all your credibility. Gone in a moment. Which is crazy. That's the sad part. Everything you've said that a half a million people bought into, right? Right. It's just like, gone. Like, like they don't believe in the ideas anymore because of who you are. Are you kidding me? Right. No, that's right. This might have been on 2020. Actually, I think it was. Yeah. Um, they did this thing where they took Payless shoes and they yeah. branded them with like Gucci and Prada and whatever. Yeah. And then they, they had like this fashion show and they invited all these like high profile people. Yeah. And these people were grabbing these Payless shoes like, oh, I can tell this is like high quality and what. And yep. at the end, they tell them, yeah, these are just Payless shoes. And they're like, what? I know. So th- that's exactly what it is. That's, that's the shoe version of what happens to people. And how easily the people are discredited when you when when you just say like yeah I'm random guy yeah no it's true I, I mean Penn and Teller right I mean my favorite it's a great story you know my favorite one is Penn and Teller you know uh, they did uh, they did this and uh, it's one of my favorites um, where the um, Penn and Teller did that in a restaurant where what they did is in the back of the restaurant they they, they you know they, they said gourmet water oh I okay yeah. Go on about that because I I vaguely remember it, so I can't speak to it. Yeah, yeah, but no, they they had this thing they put it on the uh, menu, gourmet water, and then they had all the waiters were like, oh yeah, would you like to uh, experience our gourmet mineral water? And they put like this big story on it, like oh this water flows down the mountains and it comes to, it's a, a mountain spring, <laughs> and then it comes down through the rocks and then it goes over the rocks and it takes on this mineral and you can taste the minerals and they had the story they put it on the menu, and so what they did was they wanted wanted to see um they put a hidden camera uh, and and then the the waiter comes out and they, they're like uh oh yeah and they tell the story and everything yeah well anyways you know i know you would know where this is going you know penn and teller they're out back you know i remember it now he's got like the garden hose you know it, it yeah. actually, it's actually cool they put it like across the street they like they hook it up across the street and they drag it like across the street you know yeah. and then like they got like the wine glasses and then like they're like you know and they're like spraying yeah. it in the glasses and everything you know and so and people are like oh and this is really expensive water it's like twenty dollars a glass, forty dollars a glass. You know, really expensive yeah. stuff. And so, anyways, the um the people order it. You know, they're like, oh, I want some of this gourmet water. You know, and, and they're like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, and they they taste it. They go and they go, oh, the minerals. And they 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 can you tell me about the minerals in the water? And they 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 make up these names and they they, they you know they say, oh, these are all the minerals. And then the people they the hidden camera, they're like this. They're like they're like, mm, I can really taste the minerals in this. You know, and they're like. Yeah, now that you mention it, I can really taste it. It's a bit you know? nostalgic, isn't it? Right, like, yeah, like you know? when you used to drink out of a garden hose. Right, yeah, yeah. It is, you. right, right, right. You know, oh my and so goodness, man. you know, and it's like you know, you don't have to, but it's all just tap water, you know, you know, and then so then it really comes. Restaurants anywhere are like that. I mean, hey, if you haven't figured this out yet, I might have mentioned this before in the podcast. I can't remember, but if you haven't figured this out yet, right? Like, listen. 
the same food you get at Applebee's is like the same food that you get like at a really expensive restaurant like in Las Vegas, right? Okay, like like when you go into an expensive restaurant and then it, uh, the meals cost $100, the reason that they cost $100 isn't because the meal is worth $100, all right? The reason it costs $100 is because the people that dine there don't want any riffraff. They don't want to eat food with riffraff. All right. All right. Like they don't want to eat food. And a good way to be in a room without riffraff is to charge $100 for a plate of food because the riffraff are going to go, hey, I want to eat here. And you're going to go, oh, really? Because it's $100 a plate. And the riffraff are going to be like, no, I'm going to Applebee's, okay? Because it's a lot cheaper over there. I, you can know? Tell, I was on a road trip and I stopped at Ruth's Chris. Now, yeah. I don't think anybody on a road trip dresses <laughs> in a three piece business suit. All right. If you do, good for you. Good for Great. You, right? Okay. I'm in some sweatpants. <laughs> Me and my wife swing into Ruth Chris. It's just outside of Scranton. It's at the, there's a casino there. Okay, sure. We walk in and we eat at Ruth Chris, and the waiter, I'm telling you from the word go, is like, "Is this like a dine and dash thing?" Right. Yeah. And and like at best, he's wondering if he's getting a tip at all. Right. You know. And sure. I don't. I don't care. Like I've I've eaten at Gordon Ramsay steak in Vegas, and yeah. I I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to differ with you a little bit on which meat they buy. <laughs> I will tell you uh, the mushroom prosciutto that goes around um, his uh, his fillet, and I'm trying to remember the name. It doesn't matter. It's the one on Hell's yep. Kitchen that he that he always serves. Oh, okay, the beef yeah. Wellington. That's what it beef is. Beef Wellington. Beef okay. Wellington. Yep. I I'm just not a vegetable person at all. I, mushrooms are fungus to me. It's disgusting. Uh, I choked it down. Now the fillet was absolutely amazing. Best fillet I've ever had in my life. But the nice. the prosciutto. I choked it down on principle alone principle because it was a hundred dollar meal, man. Yeah, the right. potatoes honestly sucked. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was, yeah. it was terrible. Right. I ate at the stratosphere. The stratosphere is even more expensive. Now the view you can't beat. You're paying for the view. Like there's nobody behind that is like Wolfgang Puck is not making your food. Okay. Right. Like, but the view it, it is it is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you Applebee's. I'm sorry. I. My wife can cook better than you. It, <laughs> that is horrible. Yeah. But like, yeah, like Longhorn though, compared to like Gordon Ramsay, like right. I, taste wise, I'm going to Longhorn. You know, and and you're not wrong. The, the gatekeeper there is is price. You know, if you want to go eat at the Paris, I was uh, I, I was well dressed, but I can tell you right now, you will feel poor if you go there. I I was in like my five series BMW when I drove yep. there, and then like yeah. a, a Bentley drove by me. <laughs> I might as well have been driving like my first car, which is like an '87 Mazda 323 with a rust hole in the door. Right, right. You That's might as well. I, oh, dude, you feel poor. Yeah. You you walk around a couple grand in your pocket. Right. That's right. And, and you, you feel, feel poor. You feel poor. Yeah, and, and that's all done to keep out the riffraff, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, exactly. And so it's all gatekeeping. Yeah. You, yeah. you can be homeless or rich in Vegas. Those are your choices. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. No, nope. that's yeah. power. Power dynamics, man. But yeah, no, and it's all branding. I mean, it's all that's a personal. It. It's all. It's all. It's all the brand, and then it's all the the hierarchy. You know, and it's all. It's kind of like in all the hierarchy. So I do. I do respect it, and I do. I know. I know that the idea is you can be aggressive, and then all those, and and that's kind of a lot of. It's a way that the, a lot of the internet first started. You know, it's a way that the internet. A lot of the internet first started when the internet first came along. A lot of it was chat rooms. A lot of it was people yeah, who buddy. were, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, a lot of it was people, you know, like a lot of it was people who were, um, who were anonymous. You yeah, know? like no one wanted to meet up. Like, like, like I, I was, I was trying to like hang out with people when I was a teenager. Yeah, you know, in them right. chat rooms, like, hey, like, oh, you live like close by, you want to hang out? And yeah, every, everyone acted like you were someone from Unsolved Mysteries. 
that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, every single person. Yeah, no, right. But I mean, things came out like, for example, like, um, you know, like just odd things. People would say, uh, uh, you know, like, um, you know, people would come out like, for example, uh, you know, it sounds passe to say now, but I mean, like, uh, you know, people come out with an anonymous thing and they'd say, uh, you know, um, they say something outrageous, you know, like, uh, well, no one's ever killed anybody and got away with it, you know. And then people come out and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know a guy that did that or I did that. Well, that's you the know? thing. Under anonymous, and then, right? You and then try under try out yeah. anything. But then under anonymous, you try anything, right? Yeah. Or you'd say, for example, uh, questions like, um, uh, how many, uh, uh, you know, what's the maximum amount of uh, sexual partners that we can that we can uh, we can lay claim to? Uh, you know, there's 300 of us here, so who's got the most? <laughs> you know, and then someone will come out and uh, someone will come out and say a hundred, and someone will say, well, that's not possible, and then someone else will come out and say, yeah, it is possible, right? Well, these these are not things that you're ever going to. These are not things that you're ever going to say in real life. You're not going to say them in regular discourse, right? But the internet, people were able to go in and see those things, and pe- and then young people could see that the, that 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 was actually a, a a thing that could actually happen in a real life, and so then it begins to cast a lot. And so then what happens is, um, as it, it, that becomes like a discourse. And now what we have is now what we have is we have. Uh, again, more anonymous accounts. People want to talk about these things, but now they've made it where we have duality. That's another reason why I don't necessarily I don't go anonymous like on uh, with some of these anonymous accounts because the Bible talks about being dual minded. You know, uh, double tongued. Uh, double tongued, yeah. Yes. You know, and double minded, double tongued. Yep. And, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into a. I don't want to get into a situation where I I become double tongued, where I'm effectively going under an anonymous name, and then I'm just I'm like. I'm 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 like or I'm like a race car to red with like firing out like razor blades everywhere. Because God knows your heart anyway. Exactly. Because and then in the Never. and then in my life, and then in my life, people are like uh, I'm I'm like you know gentle Jesus meek and mild right right you know and then I yep. you know yeah and then I get to heaven and God's gonna be like so Tom you know like uh, about this tweet here August twenty yeah, second you know, <laughs> like I got all these tweets here where you're like you know you're like a race car to red <laughs> flying you know with a flamethrower and then I gotta see the next day you know you're uh, you're in church yeah exactly the next day you know you're all doing this so um uh, but so I don't want to do that and I want to get in there so what I figure is is that. If I say it and people call me on it, then that's fine. I'm more than happy to talk amen. about it. Amen. You know, amen. I'm more than happy to talk about it. And if I've said anything today that that you feel is is outrageous, and you know me, come talk to me, and I'll talk to you about it, and that's great. And if you want to push back and say I'm totally out of line, hey, I'm open to it. Right? I get proved wrong almost every podcast. <laughs> right. I just had to sit here and cross out like 80 questions. Right. <laughs> there you go. Because I was like, oh, I'm I'm dumb. Right, sure. This, this uh, guy with the the KFC picture just talked over my head. Oh yeah, Aristophanes. Yeah, just, you know, you want to be Colonel. Just, just I, 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 I'm the Colonel. I don't know what that's supposed to be, <laughs> but I tell you, if I live to be a hundred, if I live to be hundred, and I look at this thing a million times, I'm thinking the Colonel every time, <laughs> every single time. It's the Colonel. It's like KFC. You know? I'm not gonna be able to unsee that now. I didn't see that at first. But <laughs> no, thank no, now. But it's, it's kind of like the Colonel if he's wearing like one of the moos, you know, like you know. Yeah, know. it's like it's, it, it's the color and the little bit of beard you can see in that little picture i like the bow ties got although the bow tie i mean because the, the colonel oh, the, yeah the bow tie the colonel's got the bow tie man right and so that's what we need to know we need to know aristophanes listen aristophanes said a lot of opinions and that's all good but ultimately it comes down to do you want the original recipe or do you want the crispy right i, I i'm i'm 
I'm sitting here. I'm on your Twitter feed, so I got your little picture here too. Your, oh yeah, your your beard is trying to compete with his. Is this like a wisdom thing? No, it kind of is. I don't like the picture. I got to take a new picture because I've actually trimmed my beard a little bit. And also, I don't. I got like the Iron Burnsides thing going on because it looks like I got the. It looks like I got the burn the uh, the Burnsides right from like I, the Civil War. I I, I leave it. Good. I I I like it. I'd leave it. Yeah, you like it, really. Like, yeah, you well, like it. I I think I think it 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 stays authentic. You know, it's almost like uh, like franchising. You know, you want it to be the same as the corporate stores. You want you want uh, uniformity. If people see something and then it all of a sudden changes, I think it loses credibility. Almost like if somebody's you you like say you say you're listening to Jordan Peterson, right? Yeah, sure. He's pretty set in his views. If all of a sudden his views changed, I think he's losing credibility. Unless he became useful to the left. Yeah. Then he might be a champion for the left. But if he, if his views changed just enough to be not where the people on the right like him, what's gained him notoriety, right? but not enough to be useful to the left, yeah. I think he falls off the cliff. You yeah. I, I, I think there's something to be said about every little aspect of staying wherever, whatever space you're in. Yeah. I, I think uniformity and consistency is is key to that. Same as Aristophanes. You're probably going to see that picture, you know, if you live to be 100 and he's still tweeting. Yeah. I'd be surprised to see that change. It's yeah. a brand. Right. You're right. Yeah, no, it is a brand. It is a brand. No, absolutely it is. And and it, it is a brand, absolutely. So it sucks to be you. You you went with that picture and... uh now I'm stuck. Now if people, you know, meet you someday. Right, that's right. He doesn't look anything like that in real life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's right. Yeah, no. He's gonna say, and someday you're going to look much back. Ugly. At... He's much uglier in real life. <laughs> well, someday you're going to look back at that and you're, my youth. <laughs> yeah, right. No, someday. <laughs> Man, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <clears throat> but yeah, no, if you if you know me, come talk to me and, and I, you can push back and maybe I'm wrong. You know, hey, if I'm wrong and, and you can prove your point. Then I'll look you in the eye and say, "Hey, man, I don't have to be right all the time." You know, I mean, I'm certainly knows I'm not. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm just a normal guy, so I get proven wrong all the time. Too, Same. You know? I I say that on my other podcasts all the time. Yeah. You come to me with scripture. What am I to argue with you? Right. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah, I'm going to argue with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. It is what it is. You know. Right. No doubt. You know. So, um, you know, I I don't. I'm not the keeper of all knowledge, and I've, I've I've been wrong before, and I will be again. And uh, so, but yeah, you know, I think there's something in putting yourself out there, and and uh, and and to be able to do that, and also too, yeah, just to not be double-minded, you know. And that way, yeah, I can kind of take advantage of both worlds in a way, because what I can do is I can look at the anons, because and that's another thing about being an anon too. I'll say this: if you're an anon account, right, you have to be slightly more edgy a little bit every day you know you can't go the other way you know it's not you're not going to go you're not going to start here and then get like, mm. less controversial every day even you know? if you believe it yeah which means you know, it might you might have to be inauthentic sometimes yeah, at some point you know or uh, you're gonna have to change your space compromises you know? your morals maybe yeah so if you're an anonymous poster <sighs> then you either need to become more extreme in your space over time or you need to get out of your space and enter a new space so that you can stay in that spot you're right and, and yeah and so and i don't i don't see how that's i don't see how you can't get away with not doing that but and i i think I over time yeah that happens and so by by staying the way I am and being partially anon, and, but but really kind of being known. I mean, I'm not really trying to hide who I am here, but uh, but the um, 
I don't put my last name on Twitter, but uh, but I do. That that's a picture. Uh, my my picture is real, and uh, and so I'm out here. And uh, for me, I can look at the anon accounts, and as they come up with the ideas and they get slowly more edgy, I can evaluate them for for you know the ideas, and then the ones I like, I can speak about. Yes. And then if people want to come at me and speak about it, I'm more than happy to speak about it. I don't need to claim it's my idea. I don't need to come out and say, well, I was sitting on my bed one night and then I had this great, I had this idea and I just had to tell the world about it. And now if you don't like my idea, then, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, it affects me personally because it's my idea and you don't like it. Right. (laughs) Well, now. I can just say, you know, this is an idea that someone else put out there and these are my thoughts on the idea. And it's not that it's not that I don't want to take the risk. What it is is that it forces other people to debate the idea rather than yeah. the person behind the idea. That's right. You know, if I come at you and I say, well, you know, I was reading an anonymous account called Aristophanes, uh, and yeah. uh, he had he had this theory about Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, that yeah. uh, right or whatever. Then, and I can tell you about it. Then you want to come after me personally for what I'm saying? I can just say, hey, listen, don't come after me, okay? It's not my idea; it's someone else's idea, right? And it's not that I'm trying to deflect the blame for me; it's okay. the idea. Let's debate the idea itself. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. right. And if you don't like the idea, then great. Go ahead and attack the idea. Give me a thousand. Give me a a a, a list of ironclad logical reasons why the idea is junk, and then I can come around to your way of thinking, and I can say, you know what, you're right. It is junk. Maybe. And then maybe it is, and then we can debate the idea. But yeah. you know, but if I say it's my idea, all of a sudden, then you know, people want it's all mixed in together. Yeah, and so I do think that there's value in taking the ideas and the promptings from anonymous accounts, and then putting them forward in your in a real way in the real world. It helps to frame discussion in a different way than is than is uh, common if you were to put out the idea uh, yourself. Um, I'll I'll agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so. While you're authentic and you will respond to people, get guys get at him. He's only got twelve followers. <laughs> All right, right. Bef- before he's famous, email him now. Right that's when right. he's got twenty thousand, your email's getting ignored. Right. So right now, you want to debate him? This is when you want to get at him. This is it right now. There you go. That's <laughs> right. Putting himself out there. right at the first. Right. That's right. I only got, got four it. followers, and I, I probably got years that you can email me for. Oh yeah, years. <laughs> if I ignore you, I just didn't feel like it. One because oh, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> But right. no, I I think uh, I think using your real name, um, you don't risk being in a position where you have to compromise your morals and values. I th- I think you're you you don't have to ever worry about that if you're if you if you are out there using your real name. Yeah. Um, because you you're not trying to keep up with anything. You, it's just your own views, and they are what they are. And right. If if you're a Christian. Your views, I'm guessing, if you take the time to type something out, you know, mm-hmm. you are thinking about that for a little bit. And yeah, right. That's correct. You should have the discipline, I would imagine. I, I, I don't know. I do. Maybe some people don't, whatever. And I, because when I'm talking, there's a lot of times when I say things, I'm like, oh, I wish I could take that one back. But when I'm yeah. typing, right, I, I'm able to be like, all right, I'm, it's slow enough, you know, where, where I can scripture will come to my mind and I'm like, eh, God will impress upon me. 
shut your mouth here. Oh yeah, shut your the, mouth the, here. This right. is you know yeah. scriptures will come, and I'm like, all right, you know. And so right, anything I say, I, I I'm able to back it up with scripture. I'm open to being corrected, mm. and have been corrected before, and I want somebody to. If I'm if I'm wrong, and yeah. somebody somebody can point that out scripturally, please tell me. Like that's where I'm at. Because I'd rather, again, I've said it before, I'd rather be wrong in front of men than wrong in front of God someday. Yeah, that's, right. That's where I'm at. So. Right, right, that's right. There is value in, in those anonymous accounts. I didn't see that. And the reason I didn't see that yeah. is because all I thought about when I saw that tweet was those people who hide behind their computer screen. It's the same people that flip you off in traffic. Right. And think that, you know, their car keeps them safe. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're going to run out of gas at some point. Right. <laughs> where are you headed? Right, right. right. <laughs> you know? It's it. I, that's what I thought about was all the negative accounts. Yeah, I wasn't even looking at the glasses half full. Eh, well, you, know, you do have them. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, negative and positive accounts, and the negative ones are exactly like you say. You know, but these Twitter is as, as a place where uh, it's really a thing. You can. There are a lot of anonymous accounts that are trying to add things to the discourse, and they're trying to say things that are outside of the allowable opinion. Uh, and so, um, and I do listen. Uh, I like a lot of people. Like, for example, I'm a big fan of Tom Woods. I'm a big fan of Aaron Wren. And these are guys who put their real name on things that they say. And they say all sorts of things are outside of the realm of uh, acceptable opinion. But, you know, for every one of those guys, there's 10 or 20 or 30 other people who also want to, you know, put forward uh, these uh, these thoughts. And they just... You know, gatekeeping, man. Gatekeeping's real. It's a real thing. Oh yeah. You know, it's a real thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so uh, they're, um, you know, and so they want to be able to get past, get past the gatekeepers. They want to be able to, uh, uh, or maybe they want to be able to push things further than other people can. Uh, and so um, it definitely is a positive aspect on on Twitter. I would say that, that my lack of seeing that comes from just not being engaged in Twitter. Yeah. If, really? if I was engaged in Twitter more, I, I think I would hope I would have been able to see that aspect a little better. Oh no, you would absolutely be <laughs> you would absolutely be able to 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 say it. Uh, you know, it's funny it's, it's Twitter. You can learn so much about uh, in in Twitter. You know, uh, uh, for example, um, you know you have anonymous accounts, but then also too, uh, it's it's really amazing how uh, you can see the the different uh, whether you're um, whether you're people that act in different spaces. You know, you learn about different spaces that, that are associated with your space. And so it's very, very interesting. You know, like I I, I get in, I look at theological disagreements mm. and I actually disagree with both sides, right? Like I actually look and I go, well, I don't really agree with anybody in this argument. Same. Right? Yeah, you know, but yet you're able to actually look at these people, go at each other. And it's pretty interesting. And you can find, you say, wow, this is an actual space. You ever watch like the Baptist and Catholic or the, like, the, like the Baptist and Protestants or whatever, like debate like like the more uh reformed churches oh, oh man and i'm like man uh, would you guys just you quit being legalistic you quit ignoring parts of the bible you don't like right yeah right that's right exactly but yeah but i can't judge either one of them yep I know. and you can only present so much scripture and they don't even listen to that so it's like that's right that's I, right i just i i removed myself from it so good on yep. you for being able to stay in here that's right that's right that's right no doubt no doubt i don't even know what reformed in does or does anybody <laughs> Is there a definition to that anymore? No, the thing is, is that there is no definition. And so I'm going to put this on Twitter as well. We'll talk about this next <laughs> week, maybe. 
Listen, there is no active, there's no functional definition. There, there is not. And I'm saying this as an, this is an irrevocable fact. All right, I'm going to put this out there and put my name behind it, Tom. Okay, it is an irrevocable. There's no functional definition for reformed, and yet there are six bazillion people out there who swear up and down all day long that they are reformed as long as the day is long. I'm as reformed as the day is long. Give me a definition what of what does that, that means. means. What does that mean? Because I don't know what it means. Like, I'm down here, dude, and you're way up here. Could you help me to go from down Could here? Could you so enlighten me? I can be up here, too, <laughs> right? Could you help me? You know, there is not a single person that can give any sort of functional definition to that at all. I, None. And if you can... I challenge you, too. <laughs> yeah, I challenge you, too. And if you can, then there's at least 100 people that would disagree with your definition, making your definition completely not even functional. Please, please... Please come on the show. Right, please. Please. Stop I, calling yourself reformed. I'm just going to sit here and listen. <laughs> nobody has any clue what in the world you're talking about, right? I, I, I would I would simply be a fan of that show. <laughs> so if somebody would just call in, I'd probably just mute my mic and listen. Just listen. Reform. See, that reformed. might be a reason that you want to be on the show. Yeah. You just mute me for a whole show. No, there they don't. Go. They don't. On Facebook, on Facebook, they have groups, of reform groups, and they have polls. That's true. Like uh, you can go. Um, uh, they, no, they do about what it means. So they'll say they'll have polls, and and they'll they even the ones that call themselves reformed can't agree with what they'll say. Well, here's five choices of what reform means. Vote on which one you think is the closest, and then they'll put out polls. And you're like, wait a minute, like you're calling yourself reformed, and you can't even agree on what a functional definition is. So much for being of one mind and one accord. Oh man, they just they don't even know. I, I'm, <laughs> You know? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not elevating myself above them. Yeah. No. I exactly. But, but like, I don't even know how I could. Like, even if I wanted to be haughty and elevate myself yeah. above them, I. I don't even know how I would do that. I mean, I'm not even sure if that's even possible. It, and it's pointless anyway. It is because you're going to answer to God, not them. That's right. It doesn't matter. I think there's a reason why we're supposed to dust our feet off. I guess. Yeah. You know, just present it once. You. That's it. You don't want to listen. It's not my words. No doubt. I. Not to bother ourselves with that, you know. You're the one who brought up Ecclesiastes twelve twelve to me, by the way. Is that, what was that Ecclesiastes twelve twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one that brought that up. To yeah, me. I did. I probably did. Oh no! Oh no! It was definitely. Oh, it was definitely was. <laughs> but nobody else bring that up. Yeah, no, no, it was. It was. I know. I did. I know. It's in the Bible, and I don't dispute it, and I know it's true. I don't know. It's one of those. It's probably the only thing. It's the only. It's my only aha uh-huh moment. In the Bible. I look at it and I go, like, huh? You know, like I'm I'm man enough to say it. I I read that. I read that verse and I go, man. Like that for me is like, look at how can that be true? I mean, it is true. I mean, I'm wrong. God's right. It can, you know, it's totally, it's totally true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but at that point, you're like, well, I got to figure out why I'm wrong. That's yeah, that's right. about no, your only much. direction you got to go. I, I know, pretty much. Yep, pretty much. I know, I know. And and I think a lot of it is, and I think I've learned a lot. I mean, about it. I mean, you know, look at Blyers, right? The the uh, the highest virtue of a Christian is obedience. You know. And then even Postman, you know, like, uh, you know, we have access to more information and yet, it, you know, the, the crime rate in New York City still keeps skyrocketing. Yeah, how's it? Right. So, <laughs> I mean, great. you know, access to more information isn't doing anybody any good. Right. So I, I, I do think in, in that way, you know, I've learned a lot and I've seen it. Uh, so, you know, I think that the writing of many books does weary the body, I guess, you know. I, yeah, I, I think the overarching idea there is not to get away from the simple truth of the Bible, not, not to be, you know, swayed by all these other worldly things that were going to come along. Right. I think that's the overarching idea. I think it's very simple. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in God's not the author of confusion. Yeah, no, no, it's true. I think a lot of it is, um, a lot of it is a warning against, uh, you know, I, I, you know, we're so prosperous. I mean, as a, as a society, 
Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We really are. We've reached the and and that's one thing. I guess if I was an anonymous account, this is what I would post. So <laughs> this would be like my first post. So, uh, but you're going to do it publicly. Here's the irony. Yeah, but here's the irony. I'm going to do it publicly <laughs> right here on the podcast. So, like as a society, we've reached the we've reached the point of house cats. You know, we're now we're now at the house cat house cat phase. So, like most of us live the life of a house cat where we don't really do much. And uh, thanks, man. Well. No, uh, <laughs> I, I guess said, I'd be Garfield. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Are you the one that like runs around, like at least gets the mice, like you're useful? No, no, no. But listen, I, I mean, I, I support myself with a job, but yet it's the middle of the day, and here I am podcasting, and I'm not particularly worried about uh, a schedule, and I don't have a ton of responsibilities. So I include myself in this, and also, um, uh, also, I said we. I wasn't, right. I wasn't singling anybody out. No, okay. uh, you know, I, when I say we, I mean everybody. I mean, right? So. Now that we've gotten to the house cat phase, we what we do is we circulate information to fill time. It's a distraction. We do it to fill time. So uh, you know we go through different uh, we go through different phases. You know so uh, whereas uh, you know we don't give Facebook accounts to kids. Why? Because kids are watching TV and playing video games, and so that's their distraction. And so they. Um, they would be uh, a net negative to the distraction that's Facebook. Uh, so we have to be a certain age before they can get on to Facebook. And then, you know, when they get on there, and then they learn. And But it's no different than a video game. It's just like an adult version. And so they're, um, and so it, it's kind of like an adult version, and they distract themselves. Uh, and so, uh, you know, even... Um, you know, looking at culture is kind of a distraction because, you know, you can you can look at it and you can you can worry about where we're going as a society into the future. Um, but, um, you know, you can try to make a positive impact. But at the same time, uh, you're not able to you're not able to change anything just as, as one man. The Bible even right? tells us. Right. Yeah. Even when we're delivered up to counsel. Right. Take no thought for what you'll say rhetorically asks us which one of you can add one was it one cubit to a stature by yeah. taking thought for yourself or something like that I, I can't remember the exact verse sure um but essentially you're not supposed to and, and you're you're not supposed to worry about that stuff and it's not wrong to like okay i got to take care of my family i mean matter of fact you, you are supposed to you're worse than an infidel if you don't take care of your own and there are worldly things obviously that we have to attend to but the overarching idea is to, no matter how bad things get, you just trust in in God. And I just want to point out Romans eight twenty eight because that, that one gets yeah. skewed a lot. It doesn't mean that all things are going to work out the way that you want. You right. and I have talked about this before, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying this for the listeners. It says all things are going to work to the good. And, and of course, it's there's other uh, principles at play there that have mm. to be true. Uh, who are the called according to his purpose, right? And who yeah. love God. Okay, those are the two things that have to be present. But you ever have your parents tell you something you don't like? Sure. I I know I did. But it turned out to be, oh, that was for the better. You know, and uh, like my father-in-law this morning, he went into a, a situation that was very uncomfortable, very, very nerve-wracking. He asked us last night to pray for him. Hmm. And I, I reminded him of that. I said, hey, yeah. man, even if you don't like the outcome, yep. It's for the better. That's right. It's for the better. That's it. That's right. It's it's for the better. So if this podcast, if I never get past four followers, yeah, and you never get past twelve, right, it's for the better. Yeah, that's right. Look at, look at Lazarus. Yeah, right. Very poor, true. Poor man, could have been crappy steward of money. Yeah, 
in the end, work for the better. Yeah, that's so. true. That's very true. Yeah. Good point. Yep. No, it really is. All right. Well, very good. So, uh, all right. So, very good. So, uh, we thank you for listening. All right, both of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait to see what I'll learn next time. That's right. Very good. You got it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. And we will be back. We're back next week, Monday. We have the Blunderground Railroad, and that's where we go from ignorance to knowledge. And uh, you can check in with us on Monday, and we will be talking about Harry Myers and uh, the book A Christian Mind, uh, which we talk about Christian presuppositions. And then on Wednesday, we have the Digital Blunderground, and that's where we kind of let it all hang out. And we we kind of we guys we we act like a non-account, right? But then we kind of use our real names, right? So yeah, yeah, that one's pretty throw it all out there. A little bit, yeah. Music, friends, fun, and fandom. And then on yep. Friday, we're going to be back on my Twitter feed, which is sure to be more and more strange and unusual the more that you dive in. So uh, <laughs> it's at Blunder Tom. And don't forget to check out at Blunder Steve. That is, that is not a joke. Boy, I'll tell you what. And uh, yeah, there you go. Just get ready to take a shower when you get in. You'll need one when you're done. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me. These opposite elements, they drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind, neither a hero nor an insect. Now, I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground.